0: I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is, Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. My guest today is Brandon Galton from B&G Radio, Burgundy and Green blog. How are you today, bud?
1: Uh, Doing good. Uh, Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, Not exactly the uh season i think that philly fans were hoping to have it's been a weird season for everybody what uh where i'm curious where did it go wrong for the eagles this year
1: ah uh, it's a good question <laughs> there's a there's a lot of layers to it um I, I think you know you start with carson wentz when you have your quarterback and he's playing like one of the worst players one of, at his position in the nfl that's obviously a big issue I think Carson Wentz deserves a good share of blame for his own struggles in terms of obviously just making unacceptable mistakes. You look at the turnovers, you look at how you know, he hasn't really improved. I think there's questions about his coachability. I think you look beyond Carson Wentz as well as the coaching hasn't been awesome. The front office has done a very bad job of supporting him as well as they could have. Uh, the roster just isn't good enough. So really it's a failure on the of the main kind of, three core pillars of this team, like where the, the head coaching you know, quarterback front office should all be, you know, good uh, in order to be a good team. They're all pretty bad.
0: And so that leads to the next question. Who's back next year of those three pillars. <sighs>
1: yeah that's the good question that's really up in the air right now i mean i think everyone has their own ideas of what should happen i think from what we're hearing it sounds like howie roseman the eagles general manager will likely be back which i think is a mistake when you look at how he's kind of mismanaged this team and how bad of a shape they are in moving forward they're really locked into the same roster as this year, as next year, they have the least rocks lot, they have the least like roster flexibility in the NFL. They're 70 million over the cap next year. Unfortunately, though, because the owner seems to trust him a lot. And obviously, Harry Roseman did do a good job of helping the Eagles win the Super Bowl. He deserves all the credit in the world for that. But I just don't think that means he's the right guy moving forward. Uh, when it comes to the head coach, Doug Peterson seems to be giving off the impression that he's going to be back. I think that's an interesting tone he's given off this week is that it's hard to know exactly what to make of that. Is that true? Is he trying to do that and almost like will his way back into this? Uh, it's, it's tough to get a read on that. I think there's a decent chance he could be gone. And then with Carson Wentz, I feel like the organization kind of has reached a point where they should turn the, the page on him because they're really at a spot where with his contract, it's not just like committing one more year. It's like going from zero more years uh, and kind of moving now or if he's on the, the roster the third day of the league year in 2021, $15 million of his salary for 2022 actually becomes guaranteed. So they're kind of making either like a zero year commitment if they trade him, or a two year commitment if they keep them. And I just, I think it's hard to make that two year commitment when you look at how bad he was this year.
0: Uh, and I mean, are they able to swallow with that 71 million? They're already in the hole. How does that work for Carson Wentz in a trade scenario?
1: Yeah, so, you know, it kind of depends here, like if he would potentially want to facilitate a trade, which it seems like there could be interest in that, considering there was a report from ESPN's Adam Schefter that Carson Wentz, you know, doesn't want to be the backup here. So, you know, and I I would also wonder then if he even wants to really compete for the starting job, if it's going to be a competition between him and Hurts. So maybe Carson Wentz looks at this and maybe he's kind of lost faith in the organization and maybe he wants out. And if that's the case, you would think he'd kind of be willing to kind of move some money around or, or negotiate his contract in a way that facilitates trade better um but yeah uh, you know in terms of the dead money like that's been paid you know the eagles can't really get that back unless there is some kind of restructure um but they would actually save a very small amount if they did trade him uh not major cap relief but a little bit it's not like they're actually adding more uh it's not like they're taking more money on and they and they can't get rid of him um it's it's not easy it's Not the easiest thing to do with you know like 33.8 million in dead money if they do trade him but it is possible and uh especially if Carson Wentz is willing to help facilitate the deal
0: is Carson Wentz one of those guys that um rubs people the wrong way in the locker room not not that he's a bad guy I think Mm -hmm. Derek Carr is the kind of same guy you know in uh Las Vegas right it's not it's not that he's some kind of jerk it's just whatever he's into maybe is not what everybody else is into
1: Yeah, I mean, we've definitely seen signs of that. I mean, there was a report back in January 2019 from Philly Voice about how um, basically Carson Wentz, you know, some players, some internal sources viewed him as, you know, like egotistical and arrogant and uh, like not coachable. There was a uh, un- un- uncompromising, selfish. These are some of the words that, you know, came up with him anonymously. And I think to Carson wants his credit. I talked with the same uh, author of that report and he's improved in some regards on some of those things, but I think there's still a lot of work to be done. And to the point of where I don't know if some things will ever change in that regard in terms of not being coachable. So I think that's the biggest issue. I think you could kind of live with uh Carson Wentz's flaws you know if there's success on the field you know I don't think Tom Brady and some of these you know top-notch quarterbacks are necessarily um like the nicest guys or or wherever you want to say or the most well-liked guys always in the locker room but if they win then everything's fine and the problem is the Eagles aren't winning so those things are going to be bigger issues when that's the case and I think uh Carson Wentz kind of needs to be humbled from this year and I kind of wonder if he will be And, and to this point I haven't seen evidence that he has that's pretty disappointing
0: how much of this is on Roseman and bringing in Hurts in the second? I mean, they, they haven't necessarily surrounded uh, the young quarterback with talent, and it's not his fault, or Roseman's fault, for that matter, that the offensive line got obliterated with injuries this year. Uh, the Phillies took a page out of Washington's book the last couple of years. I mean, you guys have been hammered with injuries this year.
1: Yeah, some of the injury stuff is bad luck. Some of it is, um, I mean, I I still have to blame the front office in terms of like, you know, you have Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks here and they're older players with injury histories. The Eagles gave them big contract extensions last year in season when they really didn't have to rush to do that. It's not like these guys were going to be free agents after the year. Like they kind of did it to get out ahead of the market, which can be smart. Um, in, in terms of having foresight and potentially saving money in the long run but this is also the risk of doing it too soon is you hand out those big money deals to these players who are aging and injured and then they get hurt again and so some of that I think it was, is of their own volition and can't just be chalked up to bad luck entirely um, but when it comes to Jalen Hurts too I mean Yeah, I just, I never really got that pick, especially when you had Carson Wentz coming off of the success he did at the end of 2019, you know, where he had rallied the team and led them into the playoffs. Um, I think the organization didn't weigh enough the potential impact that kind of pick could have on him. And really, the reality is uh, if Carson Wentz, like, if he is kind of threatened by that, then that's kind of a problem on his end, too. So I don't want to totally wash his hands clean from this, but if the Jalen Hurts pick plays like any kind of percentage or factors in at all to why he took a step back this year. And there's, you know, a reasonable argument it did to some level, not entirely. And I don't think you can only blame Jalen Hurts pick uh, for Carson Wentz struggling this year, but even if it factored in a little bit, that's still a failure to, to ruin your franchise quarterback or make him worse as, as a failure. So uh, I think the front office definitely deserves blame for that. And even if Jalen Hurts kind of plays well and comes in and and eventually proves he's the guy to me, that's not like something that, Oh, the front office had incredible foresight about. Like, I don't think they envision the scenario they're in right now at all. I think it's kind of like a situation where the the process was bad and the results might've been good.
0: Right. Which is crazy. Right. Because I don't know how you couldn't envision this. I mean, literally nobody does this. I mean, I guess the Packers did, but that didn't get like, rave reviews either and let's face it Aaron Rodgers is you know 10 years older I, I would guess than uh than the guy you had there in Philadelphia how many of the receipt I mean who's he throwing the ball to on Sunday Jalen Hurts and how many of those guys are back next year
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing the Eagles are going to play Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, which to me they should not be because that's pointless in terms of like Deshaun isn't going to be here next year. At least he shouldn't be. The Eagles can move on from him and pretty much have to move on from him to clear up cap space. Same thing with Alshon Jeffrey. Um, So we could see those guys out there. I don't think they should be out there. Uh, Otherwise, you're looking at like Greg Ward, who has been like okay as a slot receiver, just not really dynamic at all. Um, he's averaging like 7.9 yards per reception this season. He's fine. He's solid. He has good hands, but you know, he's just not a any kind of big play threat. Uh, the Eagles have their first-round pick, Jalen Rager, who's been a really big disappointment this year. He had that big 55-yard, I believe, reception against Washington in week one. And yep. since then, we have really not seen him be able to have any kind of success down the field as a deep threat. And he's just really failed to look special this year, which is – really disappointing when you look at all these other rookie receivers, you know, Justin Jefferson, obviously the Eagles passed on him and you know, the Vikings took him the pick right after the Eagles had in the first round. And he's obviously looking like, you know, offensive rookie of the year. He's been great for Minnesota. So uh, not the best group is the point, not the best group of pass catchers to work with, which is a big problem because wide receiver was a huge issue. It was a huge need. It was the biggest need. You could really argue heading into the season. And yet again, as has been the case for most of Harry Roseman's tenure, he has not been able to fix it.
0: Deshaun Jackson was actually healthy most of this year.
1: No, no. Deshaun yeah. Jackson has um, only played heading into last week. He'd only played like 10% of the Eagles offensive snaps since they traded for him back in March, 2019. So, and not only traded for him, but gave him a contract extension three years, 27 million. So, to only be available for 10% of the offensive snaps, uh, not a good decision. Really, not good, not money well spent.
0: Yeah. Did they try to trade Ertz in season and he got hurt before they could? What was the deal there? Because he's not on the roster even next year, right?
1: Yeah, that's what it sounded like. It sounded like uh, the Eagles, you know, I don't know if they're shopping him or kind of is this about like, being willing to listen to offers, but yeah, it sounded like, you know, there was some talk there and, and really the Eagles should have traded him if they could have, because yeah, I don't think he's going to be back next year. Um, you know, that's no disrespect to Zach Hertz, who's obviously means a lot to this franchise when we look at like the, the big picture, the long run, caught the game winning touchdown and Bowl 52. Um, but you just look at where it stands with him and he wants a new contract and he obviously shouldn't be and won't be. I'm thinking, getting it here, especially when the Eagles have Dallas Goddard, who they're probably going to commit to, I imagine, as their long-term tight end, their top guy, um, you know, and and Ertz will be playing his age 31 season in 2021. So, you know, if the Eagles are able to trade him this offseason, um, they could get million cleared off the cap. So that would be good. And then maybe they can get some draft picks in return. I don't know exactly what his trade value is. He's having a bad year. So I can't imagine it's super high, but maybe you can kind of get something worthwhile to move on from him and uh, clear that cap space.
0: If we're stacking the quarterbacks on the market and let's just say for this exercise that Ryan Stafford, Garoppolo, uh, Wentz and Cam Newton are all kind of in that mix. Where do you think Carson Wentz fits in there? We think he brings in a trade.
1: Yeah, it's a really good question because obviously, you know, the contract is a complicating factor. Um, the fact that he's coming off such a poor season as well again, literally without hyperbole, like literally one of the worst starters in the NFL this year at quarterback. So it's really hard to kind of know what his value is and what the market's going to be because Um, like who all out there is going to be interested. I think you can think of teams like the Colts, maybe the Patriots, who have cap space and certainly have quarterback needs and aren't going to be able to get a guy high in the 2021 NFL draft. So maybe a market does materialize for him. Maybe you could even throw Denver in there as well. Um, So I think there would be some level of interest, but I don't know that it's enough, you know, where the Eagles are getting like a first round pick because I just don't know if they kind of have that leverage. And I don't even know if the Eagles really want to move on from Carson Wentz because, you know, they, they made this huge commitment to him just to, A couple years ago 120 million dollar extension and maybe they still believe in him even though he's been benched but maybe they fit they think they can kind of bring in a new head coach or maybe just they feel like it was a down year whatever i'm not of that belief but maybe they think that maybe they just feel like they have to keep him um but i i would i if if it's up to me i would look into trading him very strongly
0: i'd have to do some research but it just it's astonishing i I can't imagine anybody else signing their quarterback to such a huge contract and then drafting a guy in the second round and then look around when the, when the place starts burning down and saying, well, I don't understand what happened here. What happened here? It, it's just unbelievable.
1: It's a, it's really hubris. And that's been a big problem with the Eagles and specifically Howie Roseman. I think, Howie Roseman, you know, this is kind of his second stint here as the Eagles general manager. You know, he was originally promoted in 2010, but then he was por- uh, forced out of football operations by Chip Kelly during the Chip Kelly era, the end of the Chip Kelly era in 2015. And I think what made Howie Roseman so good leading up to the Eagles winning the Super Bowl was he had been humbled by the failures of his first stint, you know, this first phase as general manager. And he kind of realized that he needed to do things differently and to his credit he did and that helped lead to a super bowl title in 2017 but then afterwards i think he kind of became the same guy he was in the first place where uh, he wasn't he was no longer humbled and instead hubris set in and he kind of went back to feeling like he knew he had all the answers he knew it was best it's there's no way anyone else knew better And, you know, it's like conventional wisdom. You can just eschew that because, you know, he's a genius and everything. And I think that's kind of led to the Eagles overthinking some things, and especially in the case of the Jalen Hurts pick. So, yeah, I really think that pick itself is not like the only reason uh, of the downfall of this organization, but the like thinking behind it, the ethos of that pick like totally sums up what is wrong with this franchise
0: it's incredible how many of these guys uh, all feel like they're the smartest guy in the room. Like they're pointing to each other as to who's smarter. Uh, Ronald Darby has been fantastic this year. Does that surprise you?
1: I never really hated Ronald Darby. Um, And I think a big issue in Philly wasn't so much always about his talent level and whatnot as he, he just couldn't stay healthy. Like he was hurt here a lot. And last year specifically, he was still coming off that ACL injury. So I don't even think he was fully healthy last year. And then he got hurt again. So I can't say I'm totally shocked because I kind of liked when the Eagles traded for him and I had high hopes for him and I thought he could be a good player here. Um, I don't think, you know, it was like he was this total bum. Uh, in philly and i think there's a perception like the coaching staff used him wrongly or whatever and i don't totally buy that i think it's just like he's two years removed now from his acl tear which is a big deal and he's been able to stay healthy I- i'm presuming for you guys and yeah. uh and that's made a big difference
0: literally played if he hadn't played every snap this season i mean it, it's close it's been uh and you're right i i had forgotten that it had been two years there uh since the acl so that does make a big now he's been great in fact they'll i I would imagine they'll have to give him a a second contract since they just signed him to the one-year deal uh what is the mantra for philadelphia this week they uh they intend to get a higher draft pick or play spoiler this week
1: I think, unfortunately, for the Eagles' long-term interest, they are going to go all, all, all out to win this game. And now I get it from a player and a coach perspective. Like That's what their jobs are. They have to do that. I'm not begrudging them for trying to win this game. But I think when you you know have a realistic conversation about what's best for this team in the big picture, it would be losing this game because the Eagles need to pick as high as they possibly can. They need to eliminate room for error when it comes to missing on another draft pick, like they've done too often under Howie Roseman. And uh, I also think it's in the Eagles' best interest to make sure Washington wins this division because I think Washington has a good roster, especially that defense. And I think the biggest thing that scares uh, really not only Eagles fans but other NFCs fans of you know Cowboys and the Giants as well is that if Washington kind of did get that quarterback answer and I think it's easier for Washington to find the quarterback if they're higher up in the draft as opposed to particular, uh, picking at like 19th overall at best if they make the playoffs so I would hope the Eagles lose this game but uh, I don't think they're you know I don't think they're in any way going to try to like tank this game
0: uh, and I guess we'll wrap up with this do you think that they can win the game on Sunday?
1: I think they can uh, because uh Jalen Hurts for as much as he kind of struggled against the Cowboys he's done some nice things I know mobile quarterbacks has, have kind of presented challenges at times for Washington's defense this year uh, so I think about that as well Washington's quarterback situation is just not good <laughs> we don't know you don't uh, like Ta- of...
0: Taylor Heineke
1: yeah Um Uh, You know, as we're recording this on Wednesday, you know, we, it could be him starting. We, I guess we don't even know fully if Alex Smith might start. And even if he does, like how healthy is he going to be? Can he even last through the game? You know? So I think Washington's quarterback situation being up in the air just kind of makes me feel like, you know, the Eagles actually do have a chance in this game and I expect them to fight hard. You know, it'll be at home. They want to end the season with a win, even though it won't mean much in the big picture uh, in terms of helping the team. Um, so yeah, I do think they have a chance. I actually think it'll be a pretty close game between Washington's defense still being good and being able to keep this close, and the Eagles being bad and everything, um, but maybe having enough to get it done. I think it could be something like a seventeen to sixteen, like one point game.
0: I I, I hope you're wrong on that one. I I do think <laughs> it I do think it'll be close, simply because when you have Chase Young on the field, he's just proven that he literally can all but win the games for you. So it ought to be interesting. What, what was the, uh, what was the phrase that the coach used this week? I'm surprised he put that out
1: there. Yeah. It's like, uh, Jim Schwartz talked about, uh, no hat rule is what he said. Um, In terms of you know, Washington not being able to celebrate with their, you know, division NFC's division championship hats and t shirts after the game. But to me, that's so foolish because like, okay, Jim Schwartz, great. Like you're preventing Washington from getting in, but you're just giving those hats to the Cowboys instead. Cause that's what's probably going to happen. I I, mean, I fully expect the Cowboys to beat the Giants in the one o'clock window. And then if the Eagles did beat Washington, then it would be the Cowboys who'd be NFC's champions.
0: Am I am I old by hating these night games?
1: No, they're, they're, it is pathetic. Why is this game flexed? Why did this game get flexed to Sunday Night Football? There's no good reason for this game to be on Sunday Night Football. It's ridiculous. When I saw this news, I went to bed early on Sunday, relatively, and I woke up on Monday morning and I saw this news that was flexed and I was like, I thought I was still sleeping and I was having a nightmare because it's, it's just, there's no good reason for this game to be on Sunday Night Football. 8.30, come on.
0: No, there's not. Brandon, what do you guys got going on on the uh, podcast this week?
1: Yeah, so, you know, we're going to be doing our preview show, for obviously, for this week's game, which I don't think many Eagles fans care about. So we'll probably keep that to a minimum, but we'll be talking a lot of big picture stuff uh, on BGN Radio. So, uh, you know, talking about Howard Roseman, Doug Peterson. We're actually going to be recording here uh, not too soon from now. Um, so that podcast will be up on the feed, uh, along obviously with all our, our coverage at winninggreennation.com. So uh, everyone can go check that out.
0: All right, Brandon, I appreciate you giving us some time today.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.